Hey, Peter Navarro here with part one of three of the Ari Melbert interview. Peter on the UAW strike and Biden economy. All right, it's great to be with you. Uh, last time I saw you, actually, um, two weeks ago in the uh, hallway of the courtroom. And ironically, um, I was going into court 10 uh, and you were going into the other courtroom to watch uh, something related to the president. And um, it was nice to see you then. Nice to see you now. Yes, sir. Good to see you then. You're right. You're, you're kind of uh, bringing viewers into the reporting process. You were uh, in that adjacent courtroom in your trial, which I know we'll get to. Uh, and I was there in the other room yeah. where Jack Smith and Donald Trump's lawyers were. And it's a busy courthouse there in Washington. Um, I know you did <laughs> want to talk about both that uh, and some of the economic uh, work, which you've done. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's certainly in the news. So let's start there. Uh, we have these strikes. Uh, we have the economic uh, kind of rebound that the White House claims. But a lot of turmoil, as I mentioned, uh, I'm curious what you think of the strikes and the situation right now. Sure, Ari. The, the UAW strike is, is really dear to my heart. Uh, almost exactly four years ago, I was sitting in the uh, old executive office building at the White House uh, watching the GM UAW strike. Uh, the president was very concerned about it, and he kind of gave me the green light to go ahead and see what I could do. And I quietly opened up negotiations with each side, act as an intermediary, and I was able to solve the strike for the president within 48 hours. Uh, and the important point to make is that both sides were happy with the outcome. And my deep concern right now um, is that I couldn't possibly do that again because the automakers can't concede to the UAW without possibly going bankrupt. And the UAW can't concede to GM without seeing their real wages go down. And the reason is simple. On the one hand, uh, we, Joe Biden, his, his green deal and the way we've gone with electric vehicles has basically opened up a tremendous competitive threat that we can't meet from communist China with their slave labor and their pollution havens. And even though the auto companies are earning a lot of profits now, that's not going to, that's not going to go on. So they're going to get squeezed. And then the other thing is like, for the workers right now, because inflation's so unpredictable and high, even if they get, say, a 36% wage hike over four years, if inflation's already at 36% or 40%, um, they've gained nothing. Yeah. So let me jump in. I'm going to jump in. It's going to be the COLA. Inflation the is cost of living. Cost of living. Yeah, inflation's big, and it's been choppy for yeah. sure. I don't think it's hitting at a 30% yeah. level. But here's what uh, Pete Buttigieg says about what the Biden administration is doing. He told us this just a few days ago. Sure. You look at the uh, West Coast ports negotiations that recently wrapped up. You look at the deal that UPS uh, Teamsters workers got, uh, and they're doing well. So we can see that business can succeed and thrive while workers do better. Uh, that's, of course, what the labor union is all about. And that's a big part of what Bidenomics is all about. Uh, he went on to say Bidenomics is, is working and that they think they'll, they'll get through this. Um, yeah. Your response before we move on to other items. Sure. This one's different than the Teamsters. And I, get, I worked a lot with the Teamsters. What's different about this is the business model of GM and Ford that's been thrust upon them. They're forced into going with electric vehicles. And when you do that, Ari, and the biggest competitor is Communist China's BYD and, and Tesla in Shanghai, uh, you can't beat them. 
you can't beat them because they control the the engines of EVs, which are the lithium batteries, which is 30 percent of the cost. And they can produce a lot cheaper with their with their really effectively slave cheap labor. So this is going to this is not going to end well, I, I don't believe, for one side or the other. Mm. And it could go on for a long time. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter, I want to turn to your case, your first time back here. And I want to remind sure. folks um, with just a documentary record of how we got here. Let's take a look. White House trade and senior economic advisor, Peter Navarro. Former White House trade guy, Peter Navarro. I am the trade guy, but, but tonight I think um, I'm the January 6th guy. The remedy was for Vice President Pence's, the quarterback in the Green Bay sweep, to remand those votes back to the six battleground states. He said the quiet part out loud. Do you realize you are describing a coup? No. Members of the committee subpoenaed Peter Navarro Wednesday. He has so much knowledge to share with a journalist, but he refuses to share that knowledge in response to a lawful subpoena. It's not my privilege to waive, Ari. Uh, I'll stand tall on this. On. Let me to respond to, to you. And executive privilege does exist. Your problem, yes. sir, is it doesn't exist for you. And they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. Peter Navarro uh, has now been found guilty on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress. Alter egos of the president cannot be compelled, cannot be compelled to testify before Congress. That is a capsule of how we got here. You have now been convicted. No. Have you learned anything? No. Would you do anything differently next time? Ari, uh, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm uh, going to be a figure in history in a landmark Supreme Court case. And the question really before us is whether the legislative branch uh, can compel a senior White House aide and alter ego of the president to testify before Congress. And going back to George Washington, the answer has been a resounding no. And the DOJ, the Department of Justice, has had a more than 50-year policy of absolute testimony immunity for folks like me. So I am, I am willing uh, to go take this up the, the chain, the appeals court, probably to the Supreme Court, to resolve this issue because it's, it's so important, not just it's, for, it's a bipartisan concern. If you don't have the constitutional separation of powers, Ari, you cannot have effective, efficient, candid All right. presidential decisions. That, like that goes back to It George sounds Washington. a bit like a no to me that you're saying, having been convicted and facing possible prison time, you're going to appeal and you stand with those arguments. Okay. Uh, since we last yes, spoke, sir. since we last spoke, other people, as you know, have been indicted for charges related to trying to steal the election. You have not. This was for you on a subpoena issue, but I want to put up on the electors plot. Correct. States overturned the votes, which is something you and I discussed. Pence overturned the votes, DOJ interference, and of course, separately, the violent sedition. Um, do you now see that it can be a crime uh, to try to overturn lawful final votes in this country? Ari, let's just stay with my case. I, I was uh, charged with failing to comply with a congressional subpoena. Yep. Full stop. That's it. I got nothing to do with any of that other stuff. I have, I, there's no reason for me to comment on that. For your viewers, well, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll let you finish. You really can choose understand to. You the can choose to. I'm going to jump in and let you finish. I, I, I have no comment on you those have, other cases. That's I mean, okay what, if you have no comment. Say? I will say for the record. Yeah. 
You What's said you did say publicly, well, the plan was to use the sixth certification to remand it back to the states to get Republicans in those states to overturn the vote. That is related to some of the plots that have now been charged. Yeah. Let's let's clarify some some things here. Um, the 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 issue here is the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which came in after the 86 election uh, was was marred by uh, tremendous problems and fraud. Okay, and it it was perfect perfectly legal to use the Electoral Count Act of 1887 to ask for a legal recount of votes. And that's where I was coming from, as I wrote about in the Green Bay Suite, full stop. Okay? Okay. Well, the rest of this, to me, is, 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 is noise, not signal. Okay, that's it for now. You can read the transcript and get more info at www.peternavarro.substack.com. That's Peter Navarro. Dot substack.com. Peter Navarro, out.